Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends, some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. This episode is sponsored by Happy Fox Health, a natural supplement brand focused on CMOS, a marine algae that has 92 out of 102 essential nutrients that your body needs to thrive and regenerate. I've used a number of their products and found it's really given me clarity of mind. Visit happyfoxhealth.com and use promo code THECRAFT for an exclusive 15-20% to 20% discount off your first product purchase. As a number of you know, I'm also a certified sound therapy practitioner and founder of Oto Healing, a sound therapy studio and practice. Sound has been a healing modality through many cultures for thousands of years. Oto's approach to sound is rooted in both art and science, the art being the history of sound, the science being quantum physics, biology, brainwave states, and more. All listeners of the show get 15% off their first private one-hour session. Visit otohealing.com to book yours now. Artist Megan McGrath also known as Mega, has a beautiful, poetic soul. To be in her presence is to converse about the profound, and her ability to listen creates a natural sense of comfort. She grew up in a suburb outside of Vancouver, in a traditional, steadfast family. Her mother consistently encouraged her creativity and musicality, from guitar lessons to drawing and painting. There was no specific structure to how she expressed her artistic inclinations. In high school, art became more prominent. She was encouraged and supported by an incredible teacher who allowed her a lot of creative license. Despite being raised Christian, she was drawn to Buddhism at a young age and began to foster her own relationship with spirituality outside what she was taught. After high school, she went to Emily Carr for a few years. It was an experience that was necessary, but she truly thrived when she dove headfirst into carving out her professional art career during third year. Since then, her practice has continued to evolve from text art to ornamentation and abstraction. She's worked with the likes of Nike, Red Bull Music, Hype Beast, Tripped Coffee in New York, The Diamond, Tiffany & Co., Raining Champ, Ivanhoe Cambridge, West Group, and the Gree West Pilates Studio. In this conversation, we explore where her artistic nature came from and if she was acutely aware of her abilities as a child. Navigating feelings and emotions through art her deep passion for astrology, the planets, and time. How Mega practices spirituality at this stage in her life and connecting to something greater than yourself. What language and words mean to her. Loving liminal spaces. Her visual process as a seasonal cycle of death and rebirth. What she feels her future self would say to her current self, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with the talented, otherworldly, old soul, Megan McGrath. Megan McGrath. Hi. 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 Welcome to the craft. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited you're here. I am sorry for the cold room. Oh. <laughs> if uh, you guys could see us right now, we've got our, our coats on. Um, yeah, the heat's uh, not not wanting to work today. So. Yeah, it's so odd. But it's still really comfy in here. Yeah, we're cozy. We've got the lights down low in this intimate room. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 10 a.m. 10 a.m. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? I feel really good. Yeah. yeah, I've been really, it's been nice these days. How about you? Mm. 
I've been feeling pretty good too. Yeah. 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 I, uh, a couple of weekends ago, three, three weekends ago, I was mm-hmm. in Tofino and yes. Uculit. Yes. And I think it gave me a huge, huge reset that oh, I didn't know that I needed. So that was really nice. Oh, good. Still feeling the effects of it. Yeah. It's a spiritual place. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is your, is your sense of the place that it is in this energetic vortex of some kind of sort? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a Narnia in a way, <laughs> you know. Like, oh, I love, I yeah, love that kind of, idea. Yeah, just like kind of exists, and it's just this place. It's just like, yeah, it's kind of a portal into like this like very calm and beautiful place that is not, you know, it's very British Columbia, but it's not Vancouver at all. Mm. So yeah, I love when I'm there. I haven't been there in quite some time, but like the sunsets are just like extra magical. Oh I find. yes, yeah, it's all crazy. of it, all of it. Oh, I really love. The idea of thinking of it as Narnia because I always say to friends who haven't been there, like when you reach the border, I I just say to them, it's like all of your worries melt away. Totally. Like instantly. Yeah. A hundred percent. A portal. I like the idea of portals anyways. So this is great. Great. Yeah. Um, let's go back. Let's go back in time. Okay. To young Mega growing up in in Delta. Yes. Tell me about childhood. Hmm. Um, well, I was in Delta and I was quite bored as a child. Um, so I had to come up with ways to entertain myself and, um, yeah, I was just always creative. I've just kind of always been this way. And, um, luckily I had a a beautiful mom that really encouraged me to, um, and my creativity. So anytime I said, oh, I want to play guitar, she, she would take me to guitar lessons or you know, and it's not like she had the money to do it, but she may always made it happen. So that's something that I always really appreciate about her. Um, but yeah, so from a young age, I was like creatively inclined and just kind of um, encouraged to follow my instincts. And I've kind of always been that way. I'm gravitated towards teachers that kind of, you know, usher me into creative realms and be like, go ahead, you know, go ahead, try it out. And so I feel like that's kind of shaped my whole life, really. Like, I haven't really changed that much, to be honest. It's mm. been the same. My career has gone that way as well, just always just trying things out and always just uh, creatively inclined, but not in any type of specific structure. So, um, yeah. But mm. uh, my childhood has definitely informed who I am today. As, oh, as, as, with as everyone. all of us. Yeah, all yeah. of us. Yeah, it's crazy. This is why I love diving into people's childhoods. Yeah. And tell me about your parents. It, tell me more about your mom. So yeah, my mom and my dad, they have like very traditional backgrounds. So my mom was a, an accountant and my dad is, is still in insurance. Like it's kind of very, you know, suburban cookie cutter, like no offense, mom and dad, but <laughs> <laughs> they would probably take that as a compliment. Um, uh, it was just, um, yeah, just, just traditional kind of thing. So my mom doesn't really know how I came out of her. She says that still today, mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, they're, they're pretty traditional and um yeah, uh, uh, but but beautiful still, you know. Mm. Yeah, I always I admire that about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really steadfast, supportive. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any in- inkling of where your your artistic nature came from? I, I I think I was just born with it. I think that mm. certain people are born with certain inclinations, and certain things sparkle to certain people, and you know. As I've told you, I'm such a nerd about astrology. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I think that is like so heavy in my natal chart. So it's just like very obvious to me mm. that uh, it's 
like I have like so much emphasis in creativity and communications um, in my in my chart that it's just like so natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you were literally born with it. Like, I was literally born. Said, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they dictated Megan's it. gonna have this <laughs> pretty this much. Inclination pretty much. And this yeah. nature. Yeah, it could go. I mean, I don't, I can't really see it going in the other way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to know when you were younger, and um, I think I read somewhere that you were drawing quite mm. quite a lot. Um, when you were younger, how did you view art and the creation of, of making things? Like, was it a, a term and an and act you were acutely aware of? Or was it more just a means to express yourself in the most natural way to you? Hmm. Yeah, I would say it was definitely just a, a natural thing to do. It was just something I was naturally interested in, something I would naturally entertain myself with. So I was really musical as a child and I would spend hours and hours and hours playing guitar and just learning music. And that was kind of an outlet for my creativity for a long time. Um, And then I think in probably more in high school is when the art started becoming more prominent. And um, I would just have like these like days of just and I had like an amazing teacher. That's also something that really helped. But um, I would just have days of just like thinking about art and making art and just like having all these ideas of like things that I wanted to make and but having the the place to express them was the key thing and and I think like having that um teacher was the who, who kind of gave me permission to to be creative it was actually just a, like a yearbook class it's so lame but <laughs> um it, it he he gave us full creative license to do whatever we wanted and I also took art with him and he taught me how to paint and everything so um that's kind of when the art came out and that was definitely something that was just natural and I turned to, towards it and um it's also something that like made you know I think when we're younger we're like trying to find our identity and it's something that makes you that differentiates yourself from other people and I think that was one thing that kind of set me apart from other people and set me apart from my you know my family and my sisters and I was like, okay this is my thing this is like who I am and then I was able to kind of like yeah mm. did it ever feel lonely like this is what I do and not everybody else is doing that um I'd say that's only come recently because <laughs> um I think growing up uh, you kind of like look around you, you're like, you're looking for people who do the same things. And there's like, not that many, you know, but when you're younger, it's not, it's, you don't really think about that as much. So I don't think I really cared, to be honest, like, I, <laughs> I didn't. And uh, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't really notice. And I was able to incorporate people into my into my art. So I would paint the people around me, and I would take photos of the people around me. So it was something that didn't, I didn't feel isolated. I felt like I was like, connecting more you know Mm, yeah so tell me more about you I mean obviously you're quite artistic but uh, what else were you like when you were younger and into your teens were you introverted were you extroverted yeah um I would say I was inclined towards extroversion because I I still love people I'm still this way and I I just love observing and I take so much from people um, but I, I would say that I, I wasn't like fully that way. I still would always turn into myself when I had, you know, if I was going through heartbreak or anything or any, any type of, you know, um, sadness, it would always be internal. I would go inside, I would 
paint, I'd make a song, I would write a poet poem, you know, it always go inside to myself. So, um, and I'm still that way now. Mm. <laughs> I'm still very much so that way. And I, um, but yeah, I would say I was, I was just, I was pretty, yeah, half and half mm. in both worlds, but not of either one, right. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah. yes. which is how I prefer to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite similar like that. Yeah. It must have, it must feel like in reflection, I, I wonder, and, and this is probably, this is just me thinking out loud, that it must be so wonderful to have art as a way, especially when you're younger, as a way to kind of navigate your feelings, especially when you're younger and you're, you haven't really figured Absolutely. yourself out, but this is a way that you can kind of like start to see threads and connections and just maybe other perspectives yeah what a wonderful way to have that kind of emotional support in a way yeah absolutely and understand other people as well so you're just kind of making sense of the world but uh and yourself at the same time but through the art through the lens of art Mm -hmm. and um for me also poetry that was like a big part of growing up was putting my feelings essentially into words and I mean, they were terrible poems. They were so <laughs> bad. But, you know, like you're still, it's the seedlings that are going to eventually become something something more, which is, yeah, what I'm trying to focus more on my work now, mm. actually. So it's funny that they're still connected. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm wondering, yeah, you you were talking about, you know, um, sort of observing the world, you know, when, mm. when you're younger. Um, was there anything, do you, do you, if you reflect back, was there ever a moment where you were like, oh, wow, that about the world or that about human nature. Totally, yeah. Um, I think from a young age, and I, I think I left this part out just now, um, and it would not be fair to not mention it, but um, I, yeah, like I was really inclined to spirituality, but I wasn't, I didn't really understand the structures of Christianity that I was raised. I, I Not that I don't, I still get it now, but I just didn't get it because nobody explained it to me in ways that made sense to me. And I didn't like looking at things. I still don't like things that are just told to you as rules. And you're not, you're not like, it is that way because we, you know, we go to church on Sunday because we go to church on Sunday and I'd be like, why do we go to church on Sunday? You know, but if someone had taken the time to explain to me this, we go to church on Sunday because you, it's important to foster a relationship with spirit and God. And I'd be like, oh, okay. But, you know, that wasn't told, I wasn't told that. So I kind of had to come up with my own ways of observing the world and observing structure. So I would, um, I like, I was more interested in Buddhism when I was like really young and I would like, uh, and meditation and I was just kind of pulled towards it. And um, again, it was like really natural. So it was more of like, integrating meditation and like I I remember reciting like these like eight verses of training the mind which is like a a Buddhist prayer like and I would do it every day and I don't know why I did it but it was like I was pulled towards it because it also made sense and it was um, a way of thinking that about the world that just was that 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 just made sense to me and and was right you know and um, I'm, I'm interested in right thought like even now I'm still interested in how to think about the world in a way that makes sense and that is peaceful and um that that just is is that just makes sense is logical right so 
I think um, having, I forget your question, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I was just asking about if you ever had a moment um, of observation where you were like, oh, oh yes. yes, yes, so the world operates like that, or oh, people are, yeah, wow, human yeah. nature is like this. Totally. So I think that was young and coming into like, uh, in being introduced to Buddhism and, um, and yeah, that was just kind of my moment of being like, oh, okay, this is how it is versus mm. the way I was told. But, and, you know, in recent, you know, in the last 10 years, I'd say I've become like, oh, okay, now I understand Christianity because I, I, I have fostered a relationship with spirit and God and I'm, because I've done that, but it wasn't something I could figure out or be told at, you know, seven and being forced to go to Tuesday Catholic after school, you know, Bible study. It, mm -hmm. it was, I hated it for that reason, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, what are, how do you, how do you practice your spirituality now? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I go through different phases of things and, um, I think, uh, if you had asked me maybe five years ago, it would be a lot more intense and rigorous and, um, would probably involve like much more meditation than I do now. Um, my spirituality now is more because I'm learning so much. I feel like I'm trying to learn something like I'm learning a, a branch of philosophy, which is astrology. And so all my, all my morning, you know, meditation time is going towards like observation and just studying that practice. So, um, I, I don't like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and, and, um, and also just like talking to spirit, I think like journaling and speaking to it. Um, but I think maybe six years ago or so when I went through more of a spiritual time, a spiritual, I'd say like awakening, quote unquote, um, then that must might have been a bit more rigorous. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to, to foster whatever that is for you, that that connection to something other totally. than yourself and yeah, something great or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's something that I feel like you can turn to, to help you recenter or just even unfold yourself totally even more and more. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing that really like makes it mean something more than, mm. than, than, you know, the mundane parts of life. And right. so, yeah. And I, again, like I, I like it's great to have those periods of study and, and, and intense spiritual, you know, meditation retreats, what have you. But I, I really do believe in fostering that, um, relationship with God and, and spirit in like the mundane parts mm. of life. Like that's what my art is really about. Like how you look at a flower for like, you know, longer than you should and just appreciating beauty. And that's, that's more, I think powerful even than just like sitting with your eyes closed for 10 minutes. It's like, how do you live your life like that? Mm. You know? So I'm trying to incorporate that more into my life that way. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just the mundane parts of life. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. meditation on life too. Totally. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to go back to your childhood, but maybe more your, your teens and as you were exiting your teens and you going to Emily Carr and what was that experience like? What was school like after high school? Yeah. Um, it, it was really, I would say it was necessary <laughs> because I think it's good for, I mean, I, I, I didn't do the full, I did three years, but I know that those three years are really necessary because it teaches like essentially what school does is it teaches you how to like think 
and like how to write and how to speak and and about your work whereas if I didn't do that I can see how I probably wouldn't be in the same kind of qualifications I guess even though I didn't you know technically finish um but um it was it was necessary I didn't really fit in I found um it was kind of I I have maybe like a couple of friends still from Emily Carr but it was kind of hard for me to kind of Again, I don't, I actually really struggle with structure and like authoritative structure. So trying to fit into like classes and school and science courses and, you know, things that I'm like, okay, why are we doing science? You know, uh, these questions of like, why are we doing this? But um, so I I do struggle with that. Um, But it is obviously like a very important thing. And I would tell anyone to go to school because it's like an amazing, you have to do it when you're 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 that age it's just like how you get introduced into the world right so um it was good but I I kind of just carved my own path in it and by the third year I had already started my own business and I was gaining traction and it was working so I I didn't really see the point in in finishing to be honest and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just um but yeah so yeah, you just followed yourself and your and your intuition. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, You're I like, did. this is the way to to go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to know more about words. So you were talking mm-hmm. about um, how you've incorporated words into your text art, um, but also writing words. Um, I'd love to know. Yeah, what is what does language mean to you? Yeah, language is so important to me. I love it. That was one the one thing I did really well. Not even English, just words. And so language in, in general, it's like in high school, I loved learning Spanish and French. And I, I was almost at the point where I could speak fluent just based off like, you know, two years of studying in, in high school. But um, words are, are I just, I, I think that they're the most important thing because there are messages and that's kind of how we, see that we're all human right by like what we identify with and what we're spoken to and what we take in as ours and what we believe so um for me I've used words as a means of connection and um even when I did street script like that project I started with a long time ago it was all about lyrics and it was all about poetry but it was mostly about that connection that we feel when I'm saying something and you're identifying with it and we both meet in the middle and we both have a mutual understanding and that's art, you know, like that's God. That's like, so. that's such an important part about being alive. So um, yeah, that's, that's words to me. Mm. I think language is fascinating too. And I, I really, I love foreign film and mm. any foreign show and I don't ever typically watch any English dubbed oh, cool. um, films or, yeah. or TV shows. Like I'd rather read the, the, the subtitles yeah. and uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of um, foreign writers that I, I love and have read their translated uh, books, books into English. And I often wonder what I'm, what I'm missing mm-hmm. from their language because oh, it's totally. not apples to apples. Mm-hmm. Right. So totally. I often say um, my example is I, I love Haruki Murakami and He's such a beautiful writer. I know that I've lost something in the translation, but again, I also think there's something beautiful that is it's sacred to that 
that language yeah, that absolutely. I may never understand. And that's, that's okay too. Yeah. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, in a way, <laughs> yeah. in a way it kind of, it kind yeah, of is. And, yeah. and yeah. And I agree with, with lyrics, you know, there's a, there's a few that, that I just have remembered for years and years because there was something about listening to it or reading it that just like stayed. There was, yeah. there was, um, uh, Alexi Murdoch has a song called um, Orange Sky and there's a line, uh, my salvation lies in your love. Mm. And I will never, ever forget that. I almost got it tattooed on me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't end up doing Ooh, I just it, got but, chills. Yeah. you know, it's, and it's, there's just like a longing in that. Totally. In those words. Yeah. And so it's, it's cool how language yeah. and words can do that for you. Yeah. I love that. It's always, I always love those like five word sentences that are just like, you know, get you in the gut. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's totally. Is yeah. there anything that is resonating with you right now at this point in your life? Like yeah. something that you've read? Um, what was the one? Oh, the, it was actually uh, Charles Bukowski, and it's um something. I forget. There's a there's some pre quote to it, but basically the gist of it is like, the less I needed, the better I felt. Mm. And I feel that so much right now as like I, I just like release so much stuff in my life and there's just like a certain lightness I feel now. And so that's like one thing that I feel is like really mm-hmm. gets it. The other one is um, I'm the closest thing I have to a voice of reason. And that's um, Gil Scott Heron. Mm. And I love that, too, because I'm just, again, like trying to um, differentiate differentiate the voice of your own self to the voice of other people and that balance mm. you know and taking you you as the voice of reason you know right yeah so yeah oh that's really interesting I was having a conversation with a friend this is probably eight months ago and I remember saying to her that I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm not at asking as much advice of others Mm-hmm. The same way that I used to. Not that I, not that I won't, of course, but the frequency of it has gone down. Yes, in these years, and I thought that was so interesting. It's really empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely one thing I'm trying to foster more this in this this year, especially. It's just like when I would naturally reach out for someone else's opinion or naturally ask for someone's guidance, be like, oh, actually, what do I think? Or what, what, what would I do? And what do I think is best? You know, because yeah. we often don't give ourselves enough credit for that. Like we actually always know, know what's best for us. Mm-hmm. We just have to listen, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so. a lot of that is being embodied, right? And, exactly. And allowing yourself to yeah. be able to listen to to your body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all in five words. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the stuff I, that's the juice, mm-hmm. <laughs> juice for me. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about art in your life right now? Yeah. I, uh, it's a me- necessary means of expression, I feel, for me. Like, it's just a language that I use to um, exp- just to get my thoughts across. So it's, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's in a part right now where it's in a bit of a transition. Um, of this, these, like, liminal spaces, I like to call them. Um, of being like in between, but not quite there yet. I, I love that mm. sentence in, it, in and of itself. But um, yeah, it's, it's in a bit of a trans, transitional space, but I've learned to love those spaces. And um, the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to like integrate more of 
uh, I guess like more of the spiritual and philosophical things that I'm learning about into my work. But that's a, that's a long process, right? So I'm still um, very much so experimenting and still learning so much and um, being being mentored and, you know, all that. So it's a long process. Mm-hmm. But it's so great because you – obviously what you're, you're doing is resonating on a large level with people because mm-hmm. you've been working on some really great – great projects and with some great clients I'll list some right now because it's pretty impressive yeah. but Nike Red Bull Music Hype Beast Dripped Coffee which is in New York the Diamond mm. in Gastown uh, Tiffany Co reigning champ and uh, a lot of master plan communities which you were saying earlier yeah. in in our pre-chat that you're really enjoying so Ivanhoe Cambridge and and West Group and more yeah. and that's 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 wonderful that mm, totally. what you're doing 100%. is translating in the way that you're hoping for Absolutely. Yes. And those are, I I mean, I love the commercial side of my work. That's something that's kind of, um, it just propels you into like a bigger audience and uh, helps get what you're saying across to more people. And it it basically pays for, you know, supports your life really. So they're so necessary and I I love doing it. Um, Yeah. And I suppose too, when you're working with more corporate clients and, and brands, um, there, there has to be a need for clear communication of mm-hmm. your ideas to them because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily speak the same language if we're going to go back to that. So you have to be able to clearly say, like, this is my idea and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. So that they understand. Yeah, that's <laughs> that'll a, be done. It's an art form in and of itself. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's got to be a process there, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so during my research, I read that someone had um, asked you about a unique selection of quotes that you had used in your art. And you'd said, I try to pick things that are like, how do you say the most with saying the least? I try to shorten words so that they're more poetic and more up for interpretation. Sometimes the most obvious thing isn't the most interesting. And I love that last line. Can you tell me more about your thinking around that? Yeah. Um, well, I came from illustrating lyrics right so that's oftentimes whole sentences or two sentences and um it it, it, while that's beautiful in and of itself it's I find that there's usually one thing trying to be said in the sentences and it's usually like you know a couple of words and how to distill that down and how to strip away everything else so that that's just what the essence of what is trying to be said is what's communicated. Um, I think that's really interesting to me and it's probably the most beautiful thing. Like even when I do my abstracted florals, I'm trying to strip away the entire flower and just get a couple petals and, and just to show the essence of it without having to show the entire thing. Because the entire thing, yes, it's interesting, but what happens when you zoom in and what happens when like, you know, you take something apart and um, yeah, sometimes the most, uh, what did I say? The sometimes the most obvious thing is not the most interesting. It's the least interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I feel like that is pretty, that I don't know if that needs to be explained. I think yeah. it's, um, I don't, I don't like when things are, are um, said frankly or like blatantly or, or like mm. it, they're just doing, they're just saying it, you know? It's nice when there's something that you have to think about or it's something that like, oh, that could mean this, but it could also mean that. But it means this to me right now. 
you know, so mm. that's more of where I was going with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And your art has evolved too from text art to um, ornamentation to abstraction. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying you're kind of coming at this, this um, intersection of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I read too that you, you were saying that finding a visual voice is not uh, a linear process, but yeah. more of a constant cycle of death and rebirth. And when I read that, um, I loved it so much because just before I read that, I had actually randomly watched um, a video of the late Zen master, Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm, yeah. And he spoke of every day being a cycle of death yes. and rebirth, that every morning that we are born again. So yeah, it was so apropos that I had read that you said that yeah. about, you know, your visual process. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I read that about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these are the archetypes of life, right? Like death and rebirth are such important parts of that yeah we die and are born every single day we go to sleep and that's death you know Mm -hmm. many deaths so it it is true yeah and um I think that's true with art as well I think it's um it's not a linear process it's it is going in it's more cyclical I'd say seasonal and you're going in and out of things and tying things back in and bringing things to the back and um erasing and you know it's 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 much more interesting that way too. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd hate to make the same thing for my entire life. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think that's, I, I see that happen sometimes with artists and it's like, okay, like it's time to try something new. You know, it's time to let that, that part of you die. But I think when people cling to things for too long and in life too, it, it just becomes so obvious to the viewer. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. Do you fear death? I actually was thinking about this recently and I think I don't like, I don't want to die. (laughs) It's such a funny conversation. I want to live as long as possible because I think it'd be so fun just to see what happens. Mm. And I'm so curious. Like I love time. Time's like one of my favorite things. I study it all the time. Mm. So I, 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 I'm really curious as to what happens. So in that way, I don't want to die. (laughs) But in terms of actual death, um, I don't, I mean, I'm very cautious of like saying things, you know, I don't like the universe universe is always listening. So I don't want to die universe, but, um, (laughs) that clear. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I, I, I guess not, I I guess not. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel too, like going back to that spirituality when you have that, um, that connection to source or whatever that is, it's, uh, it's quite beautiful and you're like oh I think that's where I'll probably go that yeah it's pretty beautiful yeah and and after you witness death too you know it's like mm. the process for the people around you and uh, that like into it's like you're still around you know it's not like you're ever really gone so yeah. um that is interesting but I don't want to do it <laughs> 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 I want to find out what happens so yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to to, to go back to something you said mm-hmm. that you're interested in time. Yes. Tell me more. How do you, how do you view it? Is it linear? Is it cyclical? Is it circular? Is yeah. it multi layered and dimensional? Yeah. This is probably my favorite thing to talk about <laughs> in the entire world. Um, I, yeah, I love observing time. I think it's so interesting. Um, I don't think it's linear at all. It is deeply cyclical and seasonal. And I, I realized this recently that, um, it's, you know, because I used to kind of 
cross compare and like be like, okay, so I'm 22 and this person's 22 and we both have the same thing. So that's good. Or I'm 30 and this person's 26. So why are they so ahead of me? You know, I would kind of like compare myself. And then I just have this, this is recent actually, um, this understanding of time that it is actually not linear at all. And other people's summers are our winters and vice versa. And, but that's only come from my study into astrology and actually the transitory nature of time and that's exactly what astrology is it's about it's a study of time it's not a science like people call it a pseudo science sure yes but it's more of an observation it's a, it's a study of correlation and people have been looking at it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years you know they had nothing else to do besides stare at the sky and think about it so um i go off that and i i just my study into it like it's not pop astrology it's not co-star it's not the pattern it's not any of that <laughs> stuff you know it goes so much deeper than all these apps um so I think that relationship with time and observing it and um understanding that while I might be in a very you know dark moon type of phase like I'm in the I'm I'm not experiencing you know light so to speak um while you might be in your full expression of something and I'm and just in a different time you know, so it's given me a certain reverence for time and a certain like deep rooted presence of an acceptance of like where I am. And, you know, if it's shitty, it's shitty, but I know when it's actually going to be over, which is like a superpower mm. I find, you know, or being able to like help people too and to speak to them and just or, or even my friends and just be like, look, like it's it's OK. It's going to be OK. It's going to change, actually, because that's what it is transits are about being things being transitory right so things pass all things change and while it might be shitty right now it's not going to be next year or two years from now you know so it's been um very helpful and yeah i i love looking at it. i love looking at the development of, of it too mm. so interesting it really really is yeah yeah, as you were you were talking about that, uh, I don't know if you if you collect tarot or, or oracle decks, but yes. I have a beautiful one. It's called Queen of the Moon Oracle, mm. and uh, it's all based on lunar phases, oh, like cool. moon phases. And I was that. just thinking about that. You were talking about um, you know the dark moon, yeah. And uh, I had just pulled on Saturday the um, uh, card number one which was the void which yes. was the dark moon yes yes and it's yeah. and it's a beautiful photo it's like all sort of dark sort of midnight midnight yeah. blue yeah and then there's a, just a girl lying there in the moonlight yeah. on the ground naked oh. with the stars and yeah there was even though it was dark it was really beautiful because I looked at that and I'm like you know she and she's gonna wake up yeah. and then she's just gonna start her day exactly and the <laughs> light know? will come mm -hmm. yes totally yeah no the and it's so poetic too like it's all like and I think that's why I like it as well is because it speaks in metaphors you know the dark moon phase is akin to to like a new beginning right there's zero light so you can't see what's next you don't know what's next and um you're waiting you know essentially for the light to, to hit the moon to to hit you so you it's impossible to see around because there's no light Mm. You know, so I love the metaphors of that as well with the lunar phases. And um, again, it all ties into poetry. Right. So, mm. yeah, so special. Yeah, it's it's really a beautiful thing to sort of look at the the world that way. Do you do you find that 
looking at time this way allows you to be less attached to things like being able to let go a little bit more because you know that the cycle will return yeah. or yeah yeah and it, I, I do yeah I feel less attached or like I mean it's tough because when you're going through like a really good one it's like you don't want it to end <laughs> right <laughs> or like you don't you, or you almost think it never will you just think this is how things are going to be you know mm-hmm. and I had that in 2021 um where I mean if you want like the the lame uh, the, the astrological terms it was like Jupiter was over, over top of my midheaven which means that it was basically expansion of my work and my career and I really did experience that it was like the most uh, it was a project I did with Ivanhoe Cambridge it was the most money I'd ever made on a project and I was like it was it was an amazing time and then you juxtapose that with this year where I have like an intense like you know a Saturn transit opposite my Venus which is like really doesn't mean anything to anyone else but it basically means restriction like and discipline on like the beauty in your life and the money in your life and those kind of things so it's like these juxtapositions of things and you kind of you it's okay it's like a presence but you also kind of know when it's going to end so it kind of makes it like okay and um you almost look forward to it you know like so it's almost like okay okay, I know I can I can make it two more months I can do this you know so it 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 is like I mean I kind of go to an extreme with it I will say that like it's a bit it's a bit much but (laughs) but I it gives me a certain reverence and, and presence that I think I would not have otherwise because um you know, I see other people go through it. I see other people really struggling and they're like, what is happening right now? And you have no idea. You don't understand it at all. Right. But to be able to give context to your life and create a bit of a narrative to be like, okay, this is what I'm going through and this is why I have to go through it. And this is what I'm learning. I think that's the most important part Mm -hmm. of it all, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, again, to feel, there's this there's this quote that I read the the other day and I've been um when I have a little quiet moment with myself in the morning I say this to myself and it's um attached to nothing connected to everything yes Love. and I'm really really trying to to embody that mm-hmm. that right now because there's some it's it's kind of ethereal you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally yeah, yeah and I it's, love that and it's um it helps me feel a measure of a baseline of peace every day Yeah, to feel that. Totally. Yeah. So important. Do you feel connected with all things? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really do. I think at times that it's more connected than other times. Um, Obviously, I think when you don't listen to yourself or you kind of push yourself away um, and you will, you know, you favor the voices of others to your own. I think you are less connected with everything and with God in general. So, um, but at times when you give yourself that, that, um, that space and that like permission, I find that I'm more connected and, um, also surrendering to the present moment and what it has to teach you. I find that like so much more happens to me when I'm in that kind of place of surrender and being like, okay. And willingness, like, I find there's way more synchronicities in my life and there's just way more peace as well. And, and just like a understanding of like, okay, I, I know something's happening. I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. I don't have that zoom out picture full, full screen of it, you know, but I know something's happening. So, um, 
I, I, I think that's a good place to, to live in and constancy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're your most empowered, what do you feel like? Mm. Um, I'd say like energetically, like turned on, like, you know, flipped on the switches on and I'm, and I have access to like boundless energy. That's like when I'm, when I'm my best, I think when I'm like, no, I'm in the right place is when I, I have a constant access to this like stream of energy and also to inspiration. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything's coming in and I can come like it goes in and goes out like the same exact speed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and is your creation when you're in that, that mode is your creation on high? Like, you, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's always just like, yeah, it's like a clear channel. Basically. It's like a, you picture like your head, and there's like a beam. <laughs> that's yes, kind of yeah. like, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love this. And, you know, as we're having this conversation and um, I'm quite a spiritual person. So mm. I always love when I get to have conversations with other people who are, who are the same. Mm. Um, and I love this kind of balance that you have between spirituality. But there's also this practicality to you as well, because I was I was reading that when you're working on, on an idea that you often and or um, yeah, an art idea mm. that you often are sketching like hundred of the of the same yeah. thing to get the proper form out and uh, I love that you have this this meditative practice mm-hmm. of your art too oh yeah I'm definitely not like a you know I think it's funny um I'm because I I work with an art like you know Zoe Pollock yeah she's course. such a beautiful artist also she's doing an oracle deck I have to drop that <gasps> so yeah it's coming out oh, I've got a message yeah, her yeah, yeah, <laughs> right Christmas after this time but anyways Wonderful. um She's a very um, much so an emotive painter and, and can do it on the spot and can make this beautiful thing without really trying. But I realize I don't work like that. Like I actually have to really my my process is a lot more deliberate and a lot more logical. Um, so I actually have to plot things out like I have to there has to be practicality in my work. There has to be kind of a bit of rigidity. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I have to kind of draw things out a hundred times, make like a lot of bad ones. And then kind of, there's a few good ones, you know, but it's, um, it's much more deliberate than people would probably imagine. And, um, yeah, cause people will be like, Oh, just do this really quickly, you know, like, or like, let me get you painting. I'm like, it's not like a, it's not like a something nice to watch. Like, it's actually <laughs> quite boring, you know? So, um, yeah, my process is just a, a lot more deliberate and practical. Yeah. than than one, one might imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I suppose you just have to find that what works for you as yeah, an artist. Totally. You know, there's no, maybe there's no one right way to, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely not the most efficient, but um, I'm always happy with the product. So, <laughs> and that's all that matters. Exactly. In, in, yeah. in the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was uh, curious. I read somewhere that you are drawn to a color mm-hmm. every single year. So, what's the color for 2023? Yeah, think? I wonder that. I I, I think <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's what was see. it this year? And then so 2022. Okay, so 2020 was olive green because it was like this like really intense chartreusey kind of luxurious green that I was loving and then 2021 was like this kind of darker like it was like this darker plum like Mm. a dark plum because I was going through some stuff (laughs) and then I don't know this year is a bit brighter like maybe it's kind of an orange actually Mm. like a brighter orange cool yeah I like that yeah tropical (laughs) yeah it's interesting what's your color Ooh, great question you had to pick right now I'm closing my eyes Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Oh, it looks like a mint green. Oh, that's a good color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what sort of like started to, it took me a second, but that was the one that was more prominent. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder, I've got to see if, uh, if I find myself in 2023 drawn to that. Yeah, totally. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm buying things like that or, you know, like meeting more mint (laughs) chocolate ice cream or or something like that. Um, That whole thing came from like when your life changes, your sense of color changes. And I don't know where Mm. I heard that from, but I remember it really sticking with me. And I, I think like I made my art for so long in black and white. Like when I was um, doing more lyrical stuff, it was always black and white. And then I kind of had this like, yeah, spiritual awakening. And all of a sudden it was like this bright, bright blue that was Mm. just following me everywhere. It was what I was attracted to. So, um, yeah, I think that when, when your life changes, yeah, the colors change too. Like your sense of color. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Now I feel like I need to look up you know yeah <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know what green. it is like, yeah what does it what mean is it, what does it mean or, or maybe like pantone had like a mint green yeah. somewhere and maybe i could look up what yeah. they wrote up on it but that's yeah, really interesting. interesting yeah yeah i'm um curious to know so this was probably five or six years ago but there's an intuitive that i've been seeing for almost um probably like eight or nine years and she's got a different she's she's very gifted in all kinds of modalities and um you know, I see her twice a year, and oh, then when cool. I when I go to her, it's more of an intuitive, like, oh, what do you feel like I I need today? Yeah. You know, and um, one year it was, oh, she's like, um, she's like, it's a it's a future progression, so like, mm. not a past life progression, oh, crazy, but your future self wants to talk to your present self, Whoa. and so she put me into a state, like a very relaxed state, and. Yeah, I just started talking as if I was May 10 years from now. What did she when, say? Oh, she said she said a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said a lot of things in terms of what I'd be doing Whoa. and how what kind of scale that would be at. And it was yeah, That's it so was really cool. and actually now that I'm talking about it, she records it and you can oh, re-listen so to it. Cool. I feel like I need to re-listen yeah. to it. But my question for you is mm. if you feel like future self, your yeah. future self, was going to say something to you right now, mm. what do you think she would say to you? Mm. That's a good question. Well, I know I'm going to be like wildly successful when I'm talking. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, put it out there. (laughs) I'm just joking. Um, Probably probably, um, the same thing that I imagine uh, I would would tell myself 10 years ago, which is like, you know, go easy and um, go slow. And um, yeah, it's it's going to happen and yeah you don't have to like push so hard for it because it's just naturally gonna happen if you let it it's gonna unfold in its own timing you know because I think I mean I'm guilty of this at least always pushing or forcing things and so uh one thing I'm trying to integrate more into my life is like where am I forcing and why am I forcing and um how can I do that less so I imagine she'd probably be pretty wise and tell me to lay off. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything exciting coming up? What do it I does, have? Doesn't have to be art. It can yeah. just it can be life too. Life. Okay. So um, I guess right now, yeah. So I'm working on in, in terms of work. I am doing a project with Bless Group for um, some artwork, some public artwork for uh, development on Dunbar and 39th, and um, that should be out next year, which is cool. Uh, I'm helping Zoe Pollock. Uh, we're doing illustration and creative direction for her new Oracle deck, um, which is going to be so cool. So and nobody cool. knows about it yet. <laughs> but um, you do now. <laughs> yeah, now you do. You should go buy it. Um, and then in terms of like my life, I, I just got my UK visa. So that'll be really cool to go to London next year and do some of, I don't even know what, but um, yeah, looking forward to it. So Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh, I feel like there's a few people that I want to connect you to. Oh, I would love to meet them. Yes, yes, yes. My friend Scott is, I think he runs all the events for Selfridges out there. So oh, nice. He might be someone fun to just meet. Cool. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to meet Okay. Him. Well, we'll yeah. definitely need to, to do that. Yes. Um, just a few more questions. Yeah, sure. So uh, I loved hearing you talk about your art teacher. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to say something to your art teacher right now, what would you say? Oh, Mr. Emmett. I love you. <laughs> uh, no, I think that like that's the greatest gift you can give someone is to like full, full license and full um, permission just to be themselves and just to like because he gave me basically um, I was, you know, I was I, he, he granted me basically I got to have like a full day of art in in high school. I got to do art class with him. Then I do a private study, that, which he supervised. And then I did yearbook, which I was the editor for. And like, I loved it so much because he was like, okay, you want to do a photo shoot? What do you want to do? What, like, what, what kind of fun things should we make about this photo shoot? Oh, you need to like, you know, borrow this SLR camera, like go do that. And, and, um, and we would just do these insane things. We would just like, I would TP the entire cafeteria in in toilet paper because I was inspired by Stephen uh, Stagmeister, you know, and he let me do like he gave me permission to do that to, to photograph it, you know, and use it for the the yearbook. And it was just like this kind of um, it was more so just like a yeah permission that your ideas are good is and you just go run with them, you know. So I think that's a thank you, <laughs> and I love you for that because <laughs> yeah, it's like been the impetus for like my my entire career basically. It's like oh that's a cool idea, let's do it, mm. you know. Do you still talk to him? I, I don't actually. No, unfortunately, here and there, but on Facebook, but not too much. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's still, still teaching and he's like oh. the most amazing teacher. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, kids and, and teens need a good. Yeah. It's so, educators it's so like important that. for someone to see you, you know, and mm. like fully understand you. Mm. Yeah. My final question yes. that I ask everyone mm. with what you do, what is it that you want to leave behind in the world? Um, I would say inspiration. That's definitely something I, it, that's important in my life is I want to inspire people and, um, ignite something in them that maybe they didn't know that they had, you know, or make them ask questions that they would not have asked themselves otherwise. So, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've loved the conversations that we've had since meeting. Yes, me too. And I really look forward to more. If people want to 
connect with you? Where can they connect with yeah, you? Yeah. Um, Instagram, I suppose. I'm sort of on there these days. I'm kind of a bit of on a hiatus, but please find me. I'm at Mega McGrath with two H's. Um, and I think that's about it. Yeah. Well, I look forward to witnessing more of your work yeah. and I look forward to more hangs. Yes, me too. And talking about all the deep things. Yeah, me too. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> As always, thank you for being here and for listening. To learn more about today's guest, visit the episode page for show notes and links on wearethecraft.com. You can find the entire podcast archive here or explore more conversations with past guests on Spotify and Apple. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on these platforms, including YouTube, to get notified when new episodes drop. Any likes and shares on social media are deeply appreciated too. Sound and audio engineering for the show are by Andrew and Jaba Gaspis. All guest portraits and images are by Juno Kim. Appreciate you all and see you again soon.